This episode is brought to you by Milne Feeds. Milne Feeds have been the leading provider of livestock feed in WA for over 100 years and is now proudly servicing the NT2. Their early weaner product is a nutritionally balanced pellet for feeding to pastoral calves and young weaners and has been developed with their high fibre technology to reduce the risk of acidosis. Milne Feeds also have a range of products available for beef and dairy cattle, sheep and horses. Find out more at milne.com.au. Listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on, or crack a cold one as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. Hi, I'm Kirsty Williams and this is my story, Don't Dwell on the Small Things. I won't deny that there are moments where I miss being able to catch up with a best mate for an impromptu coffee and a chinwag. I've wondered what life would be like doing a school drop-off rather than saying goodbye to the kids as they run out the kitchen door into the next building. I've wondered what it would be like to have to go to the supermarket and do the grocery shopping each week rather than emailing a list and having it sent out on the mail. I've worried about the kids not being able to play sports or go to birthday parties like other kids their age living in civilization do. But between all this, wondering and worrying, there are a lot more moments where I think how lucky we are. I guess at the end of the day, it's more important to look at the positives of living where you do and not dwell on what you can't do or what you may be missing out on. By not having to go shopping, missing out on social events down south, due to distance and being home much of the time, I often have people say, what do you do out there all day? I always smile as I actually have no idea where my days go. But what I do know is that days start early and they end late and it still feels like I need an extra 20 hours in every day to achieve what I'd like to. Like city people, our days are busy too. They're just filled in a different way. The phone rings at home any time between 5am and 10.30pm as there are no set business hours and with no shops down the road we rely heavily upon the phone and the internet to run the property efficiently. Many times I've rung to place an order and wonder why they won't answer only to realise that it's still an hour or more from opening business for the day. And when teaching before moving to the station first lessons started just before 9am which used to feel early. Nowadays, it's well into the day and closer to smoko than breakfast. This year, we've had stints of the phone being out of order for two to three weeks at a time. Can you imagine the mayhem that would happen if mobile service in the city was cut for a fortnight and you had no other alternative except restricted internet usage? It makes it interesting logistically, trying to organise everything through email, but at the end of the day, you just have to make do. To be honest, when the phone's out, 
It's actually quite peaceful without the constant interruption. Food has a constant prominence in the life of station living. Whether it's ordering, cooking, preparing or storing, it's something you're always trying to stay 10 steps ahead of. There's nothing worse than getting halfway through a recipe only to find that you're two cups short of one ingredient. Usually, a quick Google and improvising works, but ducking down to the shop is out of the question. And then if it rains, you wait another couple of weeks with closed roads. Food ordering itself is time-consuming and can be interesting. I have a shopping list, but it's more often than not by the case or the carton. And if you make a mistake, there are no returns with a supplier 1,100 kilometres down the road. On one occasion, I ordered some ice cream cones, only to find that a box of 400 arrived. I then realised that I'd entered the code for a catering pack. It's pretty safe to say that we'll still be eating them when the kids leave home. Most nights are a dinner party with extras at the table. I could count on two hands the number of nights it's been just our family sitting at the table for dinner. On top of the staff, it can be truck drivers, other contractors, mining groups or actual people just visiting. But you could never guess what the following week will bring, so the spare beds are always made up. People have asked how I can deal with having staff in our house and around all the time. I actually wonder how the staff put up with the constant wires and the craziness that our kids bring running around and climbing over them constantly. Our lives are in effect far less private than others because of it, but it's a two-way street. We eat with the staff, we socialise with them, we share much of our lives with each other, but because of this, the staff become so much more than just staff, they really become part of the family. With both staff and the endless string of visitors, some known, some random, it never ceases to amaze me the number of people that do actually visit, especially taking into account that we're in the middle of nowhere. The diversity of those that pass by is incredible. We've had people on camel treks, car rallies, horse and carts, treks by foot, just to name a few. It's fascinating talking to these people and they bring a whole different element of worldliness to not only the kids but also to us as adults. Living where, we do has, living where we do has taught the kids to travel well and I'd like to say be patient but the, but the numbers of are we there yet is only increasing as each successive kid learns to talk. It does make you laugh though when you've driven four hours to get somewhere and the kids say, we're there already, gee that was quick as anything under a full day in the car is quick. Everything's relative in the scheme of things. When we do go south, we pack, as most station people would, our good clothes. But no matter what my whites that look white when I pack them seem to appear more beige standing alongside my city mates. That red dirt ingrains itself, whether you like it or not. And just because it's washed, it doesn't mean it necessarily looks clean thanks to our water. On the topic of water, rain. Guaranteed when there's rain, it usually falls at a time when you're trying to truck cattle get away to a show or simply have some other plans, but whatever it is, it's never seen as a burden. With rain brings a mood that cannot be recreated through any other feat. It puts a spring in everyone's step, it makes the phone ring twice as much, and whilst they say happy wife, happy life, anyone in agriculture would know that rain equals a happy husband. With rain, apart from putting a smile on everyone's dials, comes the mosquitoes. And like those in the city, we get equipped to go for a walk in the morning, but instead of the high-vis, 
It's a lathering of insect repellent so that we don't get carried to the destination. And when the mosquitoes leave, the little black flies high-five them as they move on in. As it's usually dark in the morning when the governess and I go walking, like others, we're also cautious of dangers but on a different level. It's not traffic or looking over your shoulder to see if some creep's following. It's the wildlife. Recently we could hear a loud gulping. We couldn't see it, but the noise sounded closer than that we would have liked. As our walk that morning turned into more of a jog, we could only hope that old man Emu took for the opposite direction. We did devise some pretty gnarly plans on what we would do if it came too close, but best we keep those to ourselves. Having moved to Mount Sarah, I could never have imagined learning what I have in the past five and a half years. But in saying this, I think it's most important not to forget about you and to get so caught up in the life of the station. Mum told me when moving here to make sure that I got away from the house at least once every six weeks, otherwise I'd go stale. So whether this is a day trip into town to pick up stores or a weekend away for a community event, I think they were very wise words of wisdom. While we can continue to doing what we do day in, day out, the lifestyle can at times be consuming. And without even realising, we can become our own worst enemies by not looking after ourselves. We all put big expectations on ourselves to be good managers, the good wife, the good mother, the good community member. But in doing this, it's important not to lose sight of just how good the life is in general. It's not always easy, but at the end of the day, it's what we make of it. Ag Workforce specialises in recruiting for agricultural jobs, including farm work, station work and agribusiness across Australia. View current jobs, advertise a position or register as a job seeker at agworkforce.com.au. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend or leave us a review. It really helps other people find our podcast. You can find our website at centralstation.net.au, where we have over 1,200 stories published from across Northern Australia. All of our podcast episodes, a tourism directory for visiting an outback cattle station, and training and employment resources. We're on Facebook at Central Station, True Stories from Outback Australian Cattle Stations, and we're on Instagram at centralstation.net.au and we're also on Twitter at centralstation6. To discuss this episode with other listeners, head on over to our Facebook group, Central Station Podcast.